Hello and welcome to the Be Better Podcast. I'm your host, Clarissa Parody, and here at the Be Better Podcast, we believe that in every area of your life, there is more potential to tap into and that it is completely possible and available for you to get better at virtually everything. So if you want to live a little better, sleep a little better, perform a little better, breathe a little better, this is the place for you. We are so excited to have you join us. It's a great day to change your life. Let's go. We are on track. The goal is a podcast a week. And we're on track. What a great time to be alive. That is so fun. This is going to be episode three. Sneak peek is going to become episode one. Episode one will become episode two. And this will be as a result, episode three. Welcome. This is getting out of bitter and into better. I don't know if any of you have ever walked through bitterness or ever woke up one day and realized you had a giant chip on your shoulder and then looked around at the results that you had in your life and wondered, huh, are these remotely connected? We often like to make the world pay the price for our bitterness. If something happens in the world, we are at the affect of it. We're the victim. We're angry. We're sad. It turns into resentment. We become bitter. And what is true about that. What is true about that is that you don't need to hold on to your anger or sadness for an indefinite amount of time. And when you're holding on to resentment or grudges and you become bitter, the person who suffers the most is you. And because you are part of a greater ecosystem, how you show up and the impact you have on your own life also will have an effect on others around you. And that sounds not so fun. So let's talk about bitterness. Let's talk about what it is, where it comes from, what it does to impact you, and how to release it. I've got show notes again, a little, sorry, an outline um, to guide us through to keep me relatively on track while fully expecting those tangents I'm known for. What is bitterness? What is bitterness? Now, in, in in the world of human experience and what it was like for me, the most accurate definition that I read was marked by cynicism and rancor, which when used in a sentence like bitter contempt was still bitter about not being chosen. It can also be distasteful or distressing to the mind. An example of how that would be used is a bitter sense of shame. Needless to say, unpleasant, <laughs> not it, not super fulfilling, and led me to also reacquaint myself with the official definition of rancor, which is bitter, deep-seated ill will. Have you ever experienced bitterness where you've just got this foul taste in your mouth, your body, your experience of a person, of an event, of a place? And uh, you just think about that person and you're bitter or you've labeled a group of people or what have you ready before we assume the worst in this, it assume lovers. Okay. So all men are like this. Uh, All women are like this. All of the people I date are like, oh, there's no like bitter, 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 bitter. 
not the best. How does it get there? Like, okay, so that's what it is. But I mean, bitterness is not an instant thing. It, it comes from somewhere and it evolves from someplace. So what are the first things leading up to bitterness? Because you can stop yourself from becoming bitter by understanding how it gets there in the first place. We'll zoom out a little bit. There are six universal human emotions. These these are emotions that transcend cultures that are experienced universally for the most part. I'm sure there is always room for a margin of error. However, these are the universal, in quotation marks, emotions. So there's sadness, there's happiness, there's fear, there's surprise, there's disgust, and there's anger. And those are experienced across the board. Virtually every human can experience them for the most part. There will be hair splitting where that's not available. Here's what's interesting about these universal human emotions is that if they're universal, then there's something shared in the experience of it, which shockingly is, and fun, it's more fascinating than shocking, is the physiological responses to these experiences, to these emotions. Okay, I want you to think about a time you were super happy. You got a puppy, you bought the house, you got the job, you asked the person to marry you, they said yes, and you were what happy? Well, maybe not what. I hope you had an idea that all of those things would lead towards your happiness. A life event, maybe you got a promotion or a public accolade. You swung and you hit and out of the park and people were wowed. What, what, was, what was happening in your physical body? What were the sensations? Lightness in your chest. Maybe you felt energized. Maybe you felt tingling in the skin. Maybe you felt expansive. Those are very common as well as other experiences. But those are some of the physiological manifestations of how happiness can occur in the body as an experienced emotion. Now, what happens after the emotion, like what behavior comes out of it is different for people. That is not as universal. Uh, Often a smile. There we go. I love smiling. It does so many good things. That's another, that's another podcast. That's another podcast. We won't dive into that right now. The same thing happens with sadness. Sadness, when does that usually happen? Usually like after a loss or an injustice or failure And the feelings are different. We usually have happiness on one side of the spectrum and sadness as like as opposites. That's not necessarily true, but that's often how people understand them. And I don't know about you, but I've had some of like some of the deepest sadness I've experienced has ached in my physical body, like an absolute ache. Sometimes it's chest pain. Sometimes it's like this incredible heaviness loss of energy, like just no vitality for life whatsoever. Uh, And I can also feel like a shell of a human emptiness, like hollowness. And having been around other sad people, I know that I'm not the only one to have experienced those things. And also, have you ever looked at really great literature where they describe sorrow? These things come up. It's so fascinating. The next one we're going to look at is anger. What even causes anger? Unmet expectations, unmet personal boundaries, hurt feelings. Maybe you feel betrayed. What does that feel like in your body when you're angry? I feel like my heart gets beats a little faster. There's a little bit more like adrenaline running through my system. There's tension in my muscles. I might become flush. I definitely have 
intense discomfort, like like ear, like a, whether it's in my jaw or I'm clenching physically in my body. And it, it's almost like a pullback before a go. Like when people wind up to punch, it's, it's contained energy that wants to explode out, which is, you know, why toddlers throw things and why some people throw fists. Here's what's interesting about anger in my experience is that if I was to sit and let my anger just be for a second and, and acknowledge it, what ends up happening is I realize that I'm also just really upset, sad, and hurt. Um, so something caused me to be sad. And for whatever reason, it's manifesting as anger, but underneath sad, uh, underneath anger, I can often find sadness. So if you're experiencing anger again in the future, sit for a second and be like, am I, like, what am I angry about? And describe it and acknowledge it because you're allowed to be angry for sure. And see if there's anything about that that is what anything deeper. What else is there? There's one theory that posits or one explanation that anger, sustained anger, something that you hold on to like holding a grudge can breed resentment, which leads to bitterness. This is where we wind up being some way. We go through life. We have one experience. We have another experience. We have another experience. We make them mean something. We explain them to ourselves because that's our human nature. And all of a sudden, we realize we have a very big problem and bitterness towards authority. Or we have a very strong bitterness towards people who might be potential lovers. (laughs) And we are applying scripts, lessons, and lenses from the past to the present when it may not even be relevant to the current context and you're just looking at it as if it was happening, as if the past was happening in the present. Bitterness can come from that. And here's here's what we've also learned from that. If you do not manage your emotions, your emotions will manage you. And for, in order for you to be in the driver's seat of your life and get the best possible performance, if you're angry all the time, is that really going to get you the best results? An example of unmanaged emotions, which can lead to vastly devastating consequences. Road rage. Okay. Somebody cuts you off. Super frustrating, ultra annoying, not safe. So what next? Flip them the bird, tailgate them, try to run them off the road. I witnessed road rage when I was on a highway in a different city. I'm watching what should be or could be the death of two, I'll call them car holds, who was ever in the car, bananas. I'm like, so what happened? What happened was you got cut off and that was annoying and that was frustrating and unsafe. And so the response is to try to damage everyone involved and put everyone's lives at risk. It's not logical, but anger can often have us do things we regret if we do not manage our anger. Sometimes we can shove it down and ignore it or distract ourselves from it. And distraction is not the answer. Distraction doesn't make it go away. It just makes it not dealt with. And you could just deal with the emotion, experience it, and move past it so that somehow later on it doesn't impact or interrupt your life. Because that's crazy. That's like leaving a sliver in. Don't do that. Take it out. What is the impact of bitterness? Okay, great news. Doctors had stuff to say on this. Fantastic. Are you so excited? The Mayo Clinic wrote about it. And 
bitterness or grudges or things that we hold on to can really impact our relationships, our mental health, increase our anxiety, our stress, our hostility. It can increase your blood pressure, increase or intensify the symptoms of depression, weaken your immune system, hurt your heart health, and hurt your self-esteem. The benefits of forgiving are the inverse, ready? Healthier relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety, stress, hostility, lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system, improved heart health, and improved self-esteem. It's easy to hold a grudge. I don't know how, like sometimes it's, it's almost, I wouldn't say fun, but it's almost fun to be angry. And then we're miserable. We're almost, we almost love it. We go into the world of commiserating. We created community out of being miserable and sharing our misery with others. And you know what? Sharing your human experience and connecting with someone and feeling validated in your feelings. I totally get that. I get that. When it's sustained and habitual, ask yourself if it's really serving you. Ask yourself if it's really about community at that point. Ask yourself if it's really adding value to commiserate for the sake of connection or feeling validated. It may not be. When we hold on to something like bitterness, you're just bringing it forward. The lenses are stacked, things are going through, and you start seeing everything through what was, what happened. So that teacher who gave you a detention over something you didn't do, and you didn't feel heard, seen, or understood, and so now you don't trust authority because they hurt you, they embarrassed you, you felt betrayed, and now that's a problem for you. And so now you're 37, and you can't handle direction or correction from a mentor or a superior. Well, it sounds like a grade two-year-old you is running your life. So what are you, seven years old? Would you let a seven-year-old run your life? Oh my God. Like, I wouldn't. I mean, I was charming at seven for the most part, but those, <laughs> I don't know if seven-year-old Clarissa was capable of running my life. And sometimes when we get into those moments where we are bitter, or we're going back to those old emotions where it's survival and we're, or we're operating from a memory, an emotional memory, not even a distinct memory. Because often we, when I work with clients, we have to dig through this. So they're having trouble closing clients or they're having trouble getting their team aligned on a strategy or they want to get this business off the ground, but something's not sticking. And if we go back and we trace it and they're frustrated or they're not getting any forward momentum, we can tap in and discover that it was something from many moons ago and it felt like X. So they felt like X once in grade two. And then in grade five, it happened again. And then at 17, it happened again. And at 22, it happened again. So it happened four times. And now you've really cemented this emotional cellular memory. Your body, consider it an extension of your brain. And if you're wondering if that's true, have you ever had someone hug you a certain way and you're like, oh, that reminds me of my grandma? Or, oh, that smell reminds me of when we baked pancakes or made pancakes on a Sunday morning when I was in the mountains as a child. Or, oh, that sound. 
So all of those sensations can tie right back into it. So consider that your body can help you understand your world and your experiences, but when we don't deal with it and we just have an experience and ascribe a meaning to it, we no longer look for what else that could mean naturally. We're designed to be more efficient. So as you're learning these, what these experiences mean or what you've decided these experiences mean, your interpretation might be wholly and wildly inaccurate from what is currently happening now because you're looking at it through the cellular experience. You you feel it again. And so your brain is wired to be like, this is, you got hurt last time. Someone betrayed you. You weren't safe. And you, you start operating that way going forward. And that's how you are, you are a certain way when it doesn't need to be that way and it doesn't necessarily make sense. So in the world of bitterness, when you've been hurt or you're angry or you feel violated and you haven't been able to handle, manage, or resolve it in some capacity, you, get to, you, you end up carrying it forward most of the time unintentionally. Sometimes intentionally because we want to be right. There's a payoff to sometimes being bitter. Being like, I, I won't call it any industries that I want to. Uh, there's certain industries that are just like, well, we're always underpaid it, or no one gets us. What we do is so intensive and it's, everyone thinks it's so simple and no one understands us. Like, wow, that's one way to see it. So it can also be somewhat of like a subculture <laughs> experience Oh, bitterness. What an unfortunate, unfortunate thing. So we know what it is. We know some of the reasons it can come there. You're holding on to something. You've ascribed a meaning to it. You're bringing it forward. You're repeating. You're essentially stacking experiences and your brain uses it really quickly to understand a situation so that you can behave and respond accordingly in the fastest way, ready, to survive. Uh, Because your dino brain is wired that way. And if you brought it into not the world of survival into the world of thriving, living, and choosing your life accordingly, you wouldn't let survival you pick your life. Survival you is going to pick the best chance of what it thinks is surviving versus what is the best chance for thriving. There are very few snow leopards chasing you in a moment of absolute life or death situations. A lot of our emotional reactions trigger survival responses, and that's literally impacting your performance and it's unnecessary. For the purposes of today and focusing on bitterness, what does it take to release bitterness? Well, first of all, are you willing? Are you willing? When I was bitter, I was really right about it. About it. I was so right about it. Oh, I will explain what that means. Okay. I had a history of dating people who um, would, I wouldn't be on the like top three list of things they enjoy spending time with. So I had an ex who would choose poker over me. I had an ex who would choose literally any outdoor activity or his mom over me. And it really didn't, and, and it sounds dramatic, but when you are, when you have eight weeks of summer, uh, or eight weekends in summer, and all eight must be spent 
with this person's family at a specific location that's removed from your family and friends, it starts to feel like your experience, your life, the people you're connected to don't matter. And rather than managing that, dealing with it and communicating in a way that was effective and taking a stand for what I valued, I instead chose bitterness. That was not the best life decision I have made. And man, oh man, it affected my relationships after that. Because I didn't trust people to live in a way that would be value, that would value or cherish me in any way or my interests. And it wasn't that I needed the everything to be about me. It was that I would be like to have something be about me or my interests or the things I liked or feel like they were willing in any way, shape or form to take on um, or try on something I liked. I developed after like two or three or four experiences like this, clearly my discernment was lacking, okay? I, for those of you who don't know me, I'm single. And having this not show up in my dating experiences is absolutely critical in order for me to create a fulfilling relationship that has some kind of authentic and genuine connection. Because if I sit there and I look at the people that I'm dating or that I want to date, through the lens of you're probably not going to pick me. I'm going to have to fight for your attention. I'm going to show up in a way that is also going to create them as that person because there's a, I'm creating you, creating me, creating you happening going on here. And it will impact the outcomes. And if I'm committed to the goal of creating like a love that moves mountains, remarkable, touching, cherishing, loving relationship, I can't possibly bring my bitterness forward with me. That is the opposite of what I want. That is the opposite of what I want. Pure insanity. So you have to manage it and release it. You won't enjoy the present if you're wrapped up in bitterness because the bitterness at some point, at one point, wasn't just about the people. But I was so consumed by it for a period of time, I don't even know how long, probably not as long as it felt because when you're in negative emotions, it can feel like a friggin' eternity and it might be a day. <laughs> it might be five minutes. It was consuming. It stopped me. It got in the way of me enjoying the present. It wasn't even available to me. And things that reminded me of how hurt I was that weren't even related. You know, when you break up with someone or someone breaks up with you, a love song comes on and it's just like, oh my God. You just perpetuate this emotion. And of course you need to process it and grieve your loss and what have you. Um, but it becomes a dominant consuming part of your life where you're not even present. If it becomes the center of your life, you'll, you'll find that your life starts lacking in meaning or purpose because you are literally just constantly putting yourself either in victim mode or hurt mode and you gotta you got to effing release that if you choose to be the victim and you can absolutely have things that are wrong done to you and it's unfair and it's not kind and it's unjust it doesn't mean it needs to define you it doesn't mean it needs to create or generate bitterness in you it doesn't mean it needs to generate permanent trauma in you. You have the capacity to heal and deal with it and come out the other side, maybe even being better than before. I would offer it's entirely possible. 
to level up 2.0 version of you, 2.1, 2.2, 3.0, whatever you're at. But it, it what it means is dealing with it. With bitterness, one of the best solves is reaching forgiveness. And forgiveness is more for you than it is for them. It's not to condone. It's not to say I would allow this to happen again and I would allow everyone I know to have a, have it upon them. You're not wishing this upon anyone by saying I can forgive you. I let go. It's just you're holding on to a weight and that experience that person doesn't even know. They don't even know. They don't know. Most people don't know what's going on in your head. Most people don't know what emotions you're feeling. Most people don't know. So you're just punishing yourself and creating unnecessary suffering. And what do you deserve to suffer? I mean, there's a lot of things in life you can suffer about. There's a lot of suffering in life. Why are you adding to it? Don't add to it. Uh, Things that can help with forgiveness. Honestly, for me, meditation was huge. And asking myself, is this really true? Is it really true that I am always second, third, eighth choice? Am I always forgotten? Am I always, am I unlovable? Is it true that I am unlovable? And no, it's not true. It's, and I had to look for other pieces of evidence. I wanted it to be not, I, part of me, the angry, bitter, useless part of me at the time wanted to be like, yeah, no, I'm not lovable. And then I was like, that doesn't feel right though. It's not right about that. And you're, you already know the answer. You already know the answer. And sometimes we don't want to be confronted with the right answer because then we have to let go. We have to shed the identity of bitterness and what we were holding on to to allow for something new to come in place. And sometimes we like what's familiar, even if it feels like hot garbage, we'll go with what feels familiar instead of what would make a difference in my life if I said yes to it and I let go of what wasn't serving me. You can also seek um, professional help. That is always an option or a support group. There's so many that are out there. They can be in person. They can be virtual. Hearing other people's stories and journeys can be very freeing. You're like, wow, you let go of that? My God, so can I. So can I. If you're more of the I'd like to do this on my own type, I get it. It may not be the fastest road. We know generally if you want to be if you want to experience faster results, you go to someone who's already done it or you go to someone who's an expert and you learn from them. But if you are choosing the choose your own adventure vibe or just you're navigating in between mentors or support, the first thing you can do is actually acknowledge the emotion, right? The bitterness, the sadness, the anger, the, like, ask yourself, what is this feeling? What is this feeling? What am I, what am I experiencing? Am I angry? Like, what's the word for this? And find out where it's in your body. Is it in your throat? Is it in your chest? Is it in your back? It is, is it in your stomach? This sounds like bonkers, crazy banana pants. But I promise when I, I ended up on stress leave at one point, like what, seven, 10 years ago. And because the world came tumbling down, a lot of bad things, like five really bad things happened in like less than five days, multiple hospitalizations, a couple of deaths. And I, I just felt like the world was unjust and humanity was why, why everything is just suffering 
And I had to ask myself, okay, what is this feeling? I'm feeling angry because I feel like I'm out of control and there's nothing I can do. I'm feeling sad because I don't know how to help and I'm feeling very alone. I felt very alone. I don't feel, I feel misunderstood. I feel, what was I feeling? I felt heavy. I felt forgotten. I felt confused. I felt unsettled. And so I, I went through all of these and I found out where they were in my body. And I was like, okay, I feel, I feel my sadness and my hopelessness. It was just complete. Like there's not even hope. Where is it? I'm like, okay, it's in my chest. And then I'm like, okay, I acknowledge that there's hopelessness there. I'm like, what do you need to tell me? And then I'd breathe into it and be like, okay. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, oh my God, now it's in my throat. <laughs> what is happening? I'm like, okay, I feel hopeless in my throat. I'm like, okay, that's okay. That's weird. I don't like it. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. It's just in my throat. It's okay. And the truth is intensive, intense, intense emotions last like 90 seconds, maybe a couple minutes. It can feel like hours and hours and hours. But they come in waves at, for the most part. And if you go and you experience them, the intensity will pass quickly. If you are intensely grieving or you just lost or you're something or you're super sad, maybe it's not a death. Maybe it's like you're just frustrated about a job or something's really gone wrong or you had a fight with your significant other and you just have incredible anger or you just want to cry and you just, your body is aching uh, and you feel like it's never going to stop. You can try putting on what I do is like a, a three minute timer or a 90 second timer. And I just for 90 minute or 90 minutes, 90 seconds, I just feel all of it. Like I let it go. I'm like, oh my God, where is it? And like my throat would feel tight and um, strained and my stomach would be in knots and whatever. And then all of a sudden I, I would I would feel it all and then all of a sudden it would go away. And then the timer would go off. I was like, well, it was only 90 seconds. That's not too bad. So feeling those emotions, how helps and then you can acknowledge how they affect your behavior and how they've affected others around you. When you're looking at that, you're like, okay, well, I felt really, really sad. And because of that, I pulled away from the people that loved me the most. I was super bitter and judgmental. I was harsh and and sharp-tongued. I wasn't kind to anyone, even though what I really needed was support and help. Um, my performance at work suffered. My team couldn't rely on me. And sometimes when we don't want to look at something, we just, we avoid it. But we know it's there. If you ignore something for long enough, you might not be able to say it easily what it is. But if you continue to ignore it, you, you're not fooling yourself. Denial works to a certain extent. But the person you are truly lying to is you. And then if you actually looked at it and just faced it for 90 seconds, maybe it would just release so that you can move forward. The other thing you can do with all of these things, for, for me, a lot of my bitterness came from uh, interpersonal experiences. So significant others, um, sometimes coworkers or friends that or people I thought that were friends or a superior. And what I had to realize was that they probably did what they did or said what they said because it made sense to them at the time or it was the it was what it was just what they did 
And if I put myself in their shoes, so one particular person that was really challenging for me that made me very nervous around um, other superiors or leaders, if I looked at what was going on in that person's life, there was a very challenging and abusive relationship that was approaching a divorce. There was lots of hate and anger in the home. There was children involved. Uh, There were children involved. And there was strain and there was tremendous pressure at work and there this person was being pulled in multiple directions i was like wow you know if i was in that person's shoes would i be as kind nice gracious and gentle as i am expecting her to be expectations will kill you and certainly expecting things from other people uh, cuz as far as i understand We're not great at controlling the behaviors of others. If you can acknowledge in you that you are capable of virtually everything from extraordinary altruism to extreme evil, you can have a a lot more grace with others. You can have a lot more grace with others. Forgiveness is a process and to release bitterness, you have to let go and release. One of the things I like doing and I, I do this also when I'm uh, like outside in nature and I go on walks. And I'm, I, I use walks as a place to have ideas drop in or work through thoughts or problems that I haven't quite conquered. And sometimes I will get caught up thinking of a problem and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I, I get into the world of like, I'm upset and overwhelmed. And I'm like, okay, I feel it in my body and I tense everything. And then I'm like, let go, let go, let go. Let go, let go, let go, let go. And that practice has helped me tremendously because I breathe, which helps with emotion. I sigh it out, which helps with emotion. I tense all those muscles, which helps with emotion and ultimately can help move away from cementing those emotions that will progressively lead me towards bitterness. The truth is the person or circumstance that caused you bitterness might not ever change. But if you want your life to change, you need to change. And if you hold on to that bitterness, then you're just staying stuck, stagnant, and you're, what, what good is it doing? What good is it doing? So be willing to see things differently, be willing to change, be willing to let go, be willing to say, listen, I don't need to hold on to this anymore. And you can ask yourself, is this something I actually need to take care, take forward with me? Do I need to carry this? Do I need to make this instrumental in my life? If the answer is no, if the answer is this isn't going to bring out the best version of me, then you don't need to take it with you. Get the support, get the services that you need. Engage in breath work, engage in physical activity, be in nature. Remind yourself it's okay to let go. And that if you let go, it doesn't mean that you're not safe. Sometimes we hold on to bitterness to protect ourselves. It's like a defense mechanism of sorts. It helps you cope with the world. But all of the world isn't a mirror image of that of those series of events or those few events that happened that stacked in in and against your favor. Ultimately, the biggest difference between getting out of bitter and into better once heard in a sermon was the only difference in the word is the letter I. So if you are prepared to take on radical responsibility and let go of what wasn't helpful to you and you say, you know what? Terrible shit happened. It was awful. I will not wish that upon anyone And I don't need it to define who I am. You're giving yourself back some freedom. 
freedom to experience new things, freedom to be deeply connected with others, freedom to love, freedom to bring joy and perform a little better because bitterness does not bring out what is better. And if it has, I have missed that lesson and I don't want it. So gear up, go put on your super suit, find a way to let go of whatever is no longer serving you. And I will see you next time on the Be Better podcast. I am Clarissa Parody. Have a great day. If this has touched, moved, or inspired you in any way or sounds like it would be relevant to someone that you know, please share it. Leave a review and let's go change the world together.